This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. It's good to be with y'all this morning. We are uh, continuing through the book of Genesis chapter 14. We are in a, at a very unique section, a unique section where uh, Abram comes and meets with this uh, person, Melchizedek. I think uh, yesterday, if you go through that study, you'll see how I showed you that's the pre-incarnate Jesus. It's Jesus come before he came permanently to be with us as a man. I think you uh, you can see that. And if you didn't get that, go back to yesterday on Lake Community Church's uh, Facebook page and find it and watch it. It's just 20 minutes and the explanation is there. We have right here at the end of that where he is being blessed by Melchizedek because, because of his faithfulness, because he's willing to be faithful. Um, we have him, meaning Abram, doing something that is interesting and I think it's important and it's some, something that we need to talk about in some detail. We need to talk about we need to talk about this because it is something that is is really preached on re- pretty often in the uh, modern Christian church. And uh, the truth is that the number of sermons that I preach on this is usually generally very small because because we're going through passages of scripture. And and in the whole New Testament, this word this word is not really used, but it is it has a actual meaning. It has an Old Testament for sure enough meaning, and in the New Testament, it changes from uh, usually the way it does from an Old Testament to New Testament. It changes from a meaning to an actual principle and a spiritual principle, and I think. What I would like for you to understand is the spiritual principle, not just the actual the actual physical meaning of what this word means. And what happened was, is that it says in verse 18 that Melchizedek, king of Salem, that means the king of peace, brought bread and wine, which is a picture of the communion, is a picture of the goodness of God and the word of God. And he was priest of the God Most High. He's the high priest of the God Most High, which is a picture of Jesus himself anyway. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God Most High, meaning that Abram was a man of God and possessor. And that that God is the possessor of heaven and earth, meaning, meaning that God is the owner of all things. And I think that is really important for this principle that we're going to discuss. He is the possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. Notice that God is in the process of taking care of Abram's business. He delivered his enemies into his hands. He took care of him. And that is that those are the words of Melchizedek. I think the pre-incarnate Christ is Jesus pre-incarnate. I, I think, and then Abram does this, and it's just a small line here. Abram does this. He gave a tithe of all, meaning all the things that he won in the battle, he gave to Melchizedek a tenth of it. And you go, what do you mean a tenth? It says a tithe. That's what tithe means. Tithe is literally translated 
one-tenth. It's for those of you, and I know who you are, who in school, when they got to fractions, that was a problem for you. Because why would you put a number over a number and put a line there? And how did that work? And you just didn't get that at all. Who you are, you're out there. The the one over the 10 is a 10th, okay? And what that means is it takes 10 of those to make a whole. And what he gave was he split up what he had and gave Melchizedek a 10th. He gave him a 10th of what he had, all right? Now, you need to hear this today. You need to hear this today because that is an Old Testament law. It is, it, is, it is throughout the Old Testament law. In fact, in Deuteronomy and Numbers and Leviticus, it is all through there about how they are to bring a tenth of what they gain into the storehouse. They're supposed to tie a tenth of what they have into the storehouse. Now, that is a, now you need to understand when I go to the Old Testament and I literally go to an Old Testament law, what that does is that reveals the character of God. The law reveals the character of God. I do not live by the law. Okay. I don't live by the law. I live by the very nature and character of God. Bible says live by the spirit and do not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Bible teaches us that we walk by the spirit and we don't live by the law because if you tried to live by the law, we'd all be failures and we're failures all the time. And if you don't really understand that principle, you need to listen to a lot of what I teach because that is just, that's just the way the New Testament teaches us. If we could live by the law, we would all be, we would all, we wouldn't need Jesus. Jesus wouldn't have to come as Melchizedek. He wouldn't have to come as the commander of the Lord's host to Joshua. He wouldn't have to appear in the burning bush to Moses. He wouldn't have to come on Christmas Day, which is really not in December, but he wouldn't have had to come on. He wouldn't have to come in, in the main. And he wouldn't have to hung on the tree because we could live by the law and the law would get us to God. But we can't get there that way. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. This is not about, this is not about living by rules and making ourselves righteous before God. What is it about? It's about walking in a relationship with God. And walking in a relationship with God means that there's giving and receiving. And notice that it said in verse 20, that God that that God had blessed him and that he delivered Abram's enemies into his hands. This is an issue of not this is an issue of not what rule you're going to live by as far as giving of giving to God of your increase. And what I mean by my increase, I got this much and then God increased it. Now, in our modern day culture, we get that in a paycheck, but that's not always the increase. There's lots of other ways that we have increase. And by the way, in the Old Testament, tithe is mentioned 35 times. In the New Testament, tithe is tangentially mentioned maybe twice, okay? And when I say tangentially mentioned, it's not mentioned at all in the sense of, but it is mentioned as a part of something else. And you could definitely draw that it's a part of something else. What am I saying? You're, you're beating a bar in the bush. What am I saying? This is what I'm saying. Once you have come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you come to the realization that not part of who you are is his, but all of who you are is his. He gave all and we give all. He says, if you're going to be my disciple, take up your cross and follow me. Now, what does that mean? That means this. That means in order for you to, in order for you to walk as a disciple of Christ, as a follower of Christ, you have to come to the realization that everything you have and all that you are and all that you ever shall be, 
All of that is his. It's not yours. And that includes some of the most important and precious things in our lives. It includes our spouse. Our spouse is not ours. God gave them to us as a gift, but they're not ours. They're his. He gave them to us. We have them as a gift. That includes our children. Boy, this is the hard one right there. Our children are not ours. They're his. We were given them for a lot, lot, lot shorter than a than than what we were given our spouse because we're given our spouse for life. But we're only given our children for a few short years. And those few short years are not for the purpose of us benefiting ourselves or enjoying them and us getting all the enjoyment of having children. That's not what they're given to us for. They're given to us so that we might lead them in the direction so that they can walk with God themselves. They're not our children. They're God's children. And we are caretakers. We're custodians of them. We're the ones who are to help them in their path, in their walk with God, because they're not ours. They're his children. I want you to listen to me. The job you have, it's not your job. It's not your job. And your boss will tell you that a lot of times anyway. It's not your job. It can be gone in a moment. It's God's job that he gave you the opportunity to be a part of and to enjoy. The house you live in, not yours. I don't know if you know that or not. Not yours. I know you say, my name's on the title. I got the title at the probate office in my county. It's my house. No, it's not your house. In fact, God can take it at any time. He can take all that you have at any time. If you don't you don't believe that, you need to read the book of Job. He can take everything you've got at any moment. It's not yours. It's his. Are you listening to me this morning? This is a hard principle to get. Your life, the breath that you're taking right now, not yours. His gift of God given to you by him. The grace that you're experiencing each and every day, not yours. His given to you. The faith that you're acting upon, the faith that you trust God in, not yours, not your faith. His, he gave it to you. It's a gift from him. Are you listening to me? He's given it to you. He's given it to you this morning. He's given you everything that you have. So if you're going to come to God in a New Testament setting, and say, I give God my tenth, and I have fulfilled my duty to God. You have not. You haven't. You haven't. You haven't fulfilled your duty to God, because your duty is to take up your cross and follow him. And what does that mean? you got to place everything that is you and everything that can be tangentially associated with you on that cross also. Jesus didn't hang part of himself on the cross. He hung him whole self on the cross. Jesus didn't give his life. He gave his whole life. See, anything less than Jesus giving his whole life and dying fully and completely on the cross, if anybody teaches you that Jesus did anything less than give everything he had on the cross and die completely on the cross, if anybody tells you anything like they're teaching you heresy, that's not true. It's not true. Jesus died fully and completely on the cross to pay fully and completely for your sins so that he could fully and completely have all of you. And so everything that you have, everything that you have is his. You have the pleasure and the responsibility, but more importantly, the honor to give God of some of what he's given you. Now, listen, 
When my children were growing up and even now, they come and now that especially money's important to them because they understand the principles of money. Why? Because as children, I raised them, understand the principles of money. They understand the principles of taking care of yourself and doing and taking care of your own business. You know why? Because they were not my children and I didn't indulge them. I told, I, I showed them that they needed to handle their own business and teach them how to handle their own business and force them to handle their own business. We don't make doctor's appointments for our children. We'll make dentist appointments for our children. You say, well, they're older now. No, even in the college, we don't make doctor's appointments. We don't make dentist appointments. We don't handle their business. We don't go to the school and try to figure out whether or not they're, they're doing good in school and all that kind of stuff. You know why? Because they're adults. I raised them to be adults. I, when they left the house, they were fully capable of making good grades, fully capable of studying, fully capable of taking care of the daily affairs of their life. They knew how to drive. They knew where to go. They knew what they were, how they should live. They'd been taught that, and they were expected to go and do a likewise. Did they do it perfectly? No, but they both are doing it really well. You know why? Because they were not my children when they were growing up. They were God's children when they were growing up. They were God's people. They're not mine. If you want to ask them now, if they're mine, they'll say, that's my dad, but they ain't going to say that I'm their mine. They will fight you tooth and nail. They do what they think that they should be doing. And you know what? At 20 years old, that's the way it ought to be. But they ought to be doing what God wants them to do. They're not my children. They were God. I gave them back to God the moment they were born. They're not my children. They're God's children. I got the pleasure of being their dad for 17, 18 years. Now I'm their father that lives in Dadeville, Alabama, and they live elsewhere and do other things. And so you got to get this. Jesus didn't give part, he gave all. You can't just sit there and go, I'm gonna give part to God and not give all. Now, what you give is a reflection of what you believe. You gotta get this because that's what the book of James is all about. What you give is a reflection of what you believe. Those who believe much, give much. And it's not about counting out 10 pennies and giving God one of them. It's not about counting out $10 and giving God one of them. Not count about counting out $10,000 and giving God $1,000. That's not how this works. How it works is that you give at the amount that the Spirit leads you to give. You give self-sacrificially. There's all kinds of jokes about 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 tithes and offer tithes and offerings and how preachers got paid. One of my favorite jokes about about preachers and getting paid is that the Methodist preacher said they were all talking. The Methodist preacher said, "Well, how do y'all how do y'all decide how much God gives you each Sunday?" And these are old stories back when they just gave cash in the offering plate. And he said, "I went out, I go out in the parking lot, and I got a giant circle drawn out in the parking lot. And I throw the money up in the air, and whatever lands in the circle's mine, and whatever lands outside the circle's God's." And the and the and the uh, Presbyterian preacher, he a Baptist preacher says, I don't do it that way. He says, I throw it up in the air and whatever lands outside the circle's mine and whatever lands inside the circle's God's. And then the Pentecostal preacher says to him, he says, well, that's not how I do it. I throw it up in the air and whatever God wants, he takes and I get the rest, whatever lands on the ground. They, we have jokes all the time about how we're supposed to give to God and give to our money. But you know what? That, that, that you cannot give to God. You cannot give to God less than what he requires of you personally. You cannot give you cannot give him more than he requires because he's going to always give you more than you can imagine. You, you can't is the issue is not a legalistic issue. Do you give a tenth of the gross or the net? Do you give a tenth of the profits you make off of selling this 
piece of property or, or do you not? Is that not really a part of the tithe? Is, do we only tithe on our paycheck or do we tithe on a second job? All these questions that get asked, if you if you really think about it, it's legalism. I don't know. What did God tell you to do? For some, God wants you to give 90%. For some, there's a situation where God is asking you to do something else and you're, and you're not capable of giving right now. There's situations where you're having to take care of someone when the Pharisees said they were supposed to take care of their parents. And uh, he, they said, no, all that we have is, is set apart to God. We can't take care of parents. They weren't taking care of the duties and responsibilities that quite clearly spelled out in Scripture for them. And Jesus condemned them for that. And what was he saying? He said, you ought to took care of your parents. Now, he also said that you ought, to, you ought to took care of your own business as far as tithes and offerings to me also. But you ought to took care of your parents also. You can't say that I have this responsibility over here and don't have this responsibility to God anymore over here. What am I telling you? I'm telling you that you cannot live the viable, strong, powerful Christian life that you're going to have, that you're being asked to get, live. You cannot do that. You cannot do that by walking by the law and living by some legal code. You must follow Jesus. You must listen to him. And giving self-sacrificially is a part of walking in the Christian life. And I want you to hear me today. Jesus gave self-sacrificially. The requirement for mature Christian is that you give self-sacrificially, that the money that you give each month <clears throat> And that which you give of yourself each month is a sacrifice. And it's holy and pleasing to God. You've got to give. you got to give at the level in which Christ leads you to give, which, which may be in many work times, it may be far more than a tenth. It's not according to a legal code. The New Testament doesn't prescribe a legal code for giving. The New Testament Go, relates back to the principle of giving in that we what we have, we ought to give part of that to God. And then it says what you are and all that you are in the New Testament ought to be all giving to God and all be given and handed over to him. And what does that mean? That means different things at different times for different people. And, and I do not teach a code that you got to live by this rule and we're going to check your finances and do audits of your accounts and figure out whether or not you've given us a tenth to see whether or not you're in good standing with the church. That's just not how this works. It's not how it works. How it works is that we hear God, we follow God, we give to God all that we have, knowing that all that we have is his anyway, and we allow him to lead us and guide us into the spiritual the spiritual hope and goodness and the gift that he's given us and the ability to give. And we give self-sacrificially. I'm thankful that we're a part of a church that is gives a lot, gives a whole lot. And for its size, it is giving, giving. And, and that's evidence not of a people that are righteous by the law. That's evidence of a people that are being led by the Spirit. And being led by the Spirit always leads you to do more, and receive more. And when we do more and we receive more, we want more in the grace of God. That's how I look at it. When I run across this passage here about the tithe, I could go to my favorite, one of my favorite passages, Malachi 3. I could go all over scripture and talk about it. But what I really want to talk about is I want to talk about the importance of you walking, of you walking by faith and not by sight, and that you learn how, learn how to give all of yourself to God and allow him to determine 
what it is you're doing each and every day, not only with yourself, not only with your life, not only with the most precious things in your life, but with your finances also. Because where your treasure is, where you place your importance, is that's where, that's where your heart is. And if your heart is in the kingdom, your treasure is going to be in the kingdom. If your heart is in the world, your treasures are going to be in the world. And pray that that'll be the case for you, that you'll find a treasure and you'll find the very best. You'll find that in his kingdom and that you'll give according to that. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.